Essentially what you're doing is you're locking up the Holy Spirit and saying, I only want you to, in my context of what I can tolerate, yeah. rather than realizing that the Holy Spirit wants to come inside of you, fill you with every single one of these gifts, have you grow in the ability of those, of operating in those gifts, and that's how darkness is destroyed. Not through persuasive words, yeah. but through the demonstration of power from the Holy Spirit. There is only one way! the power of his resurrection in you and through you. All right, so we're back. Um, man, this is exciting. It's been a couple months since we've been able to release one of the podcasts, but um, yeah, we're, we're going to talk today about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think this is a really good topic um, for so many believers in so many churches, because sometimes we can, I, I know that it's possible to start to make expectations off of experiences rather than right. the promises of God. So I think it's really cool. We can just, we're going to take some time and unpack it at its basic fundamental level so that it, it, it clears up any, um, any confusion, but um, Aaron, do you want to start by kind of introducing the gifts of the Holy Spirit biblically? Like, what does the Bible actually say yeah. about it? I mean, are un are they even Are they for today? Well, let's, well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's read what the gifts are first. So, really, our text is out of First Corinthians twelve, uh, and kind of starting in verse eight, it says, "To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom." to another a message of knowledge, the gift of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, which is a fun one, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one in the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines so obviously big topic um, we'll get into a lot of that today but i think maybe the biggest one is is this for today yeah absolutely there's a lot of people out there who have created a unfortunate theology that say that when jesus came on the earth the gifts ceased and really what they've done is they've taken a passage in scripture actually the very next chapter out of context just 1 Corinthians 13, kind of starting in verse 8, and I'll read this for you. It says, Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, or when the perfect one comes, the partial will pass away. And really what they're saying is that when... First of all, they're saying that the gifts of the Spirit are not for today. Now, it's funny because they wouldn't say that wisdom is not for today mm -hmm. or knowledge is not for today. They're really just saying prophecy or speaking in tongues because they don't like a few of the gifts. So they're really just picking and choosing based upon really bad experiences. And they're creating a theology, theology around a passage of Scripture that's inaccurate, which is when it says when the perfect one comes. Now, this is in 1 Corinthians, mm -hmm. right? So Jesus has already come on the earth. Yeah. He's already died on the cross. 
He's risen from the grave. So when this is written, this is not talking about when Jesus comes onto the earth the first time. It's when he comes onto the earth at the end of the age, right? When Jesus comes back, overthrows darkness, that's when we no longer need the gifts of the spirit because the gift giver is here. So if I was the devil, right, if we were all the devil and we were trying to limit the church from expanding territory, from advancing the kingdom of God, I would try to take scriptures like this, twist the theology and say, well, it stopped when Jesus left earth. The the reality of it is when Jesus was on earth, I think it's in Acts chapter one, he says, I need to go because you need something else. You need the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is crazy to think about. Like if Jesus was on earth, I think all of us would think that's pretty perfect, but (laughs) he's saying, I must go so that the gift of the Holy Spirit will come and don't go out and expand territory. Don't go out and do everything else that you're called to do until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And these are the manifestations of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You, we should walk in wisdom and we should walk in the miraculous. We should speak in new tongues. We should be able to discern different spirits. And so the unfortunate part is so many Christians out there today have been taught this message that the gifts of the spirit are not for today, but they want wisdom or they want knowledge. And so they're just picking and choosing right. based upon a passage in scripture. So taken out of context. And, and I think they would say that when perfection comes is when the Bible was canonized. Yeah. But we know as Aaron so beautifully said that it's when Jesus Christ returns It's not the canonization of scripture. Mm -hmm. It's when Jesus comes back and we're looking at the perfect one. So I think you said it beautifully in, um, in first Corinthians, it says, so if if we look at the gifts, like there's three different categories of gifts, we're going to focus today on the manifestation gifts of the Holy spirit, which are the ones you've read. There's gifts from the Father, mm-hmm. which we won't go into that. Maybe we'll do another podcast. Those are motivational gifts that are given to us when we're born again, from the hardwired into us. Um, and then you have the gifts of Jesus. So you have the gifts of the Father, motivational gifts, the gifts of Jesus, which are uh, the fivefold ministry, the people, right? Yeah. You have the you know the apostle, the prophet the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, and then you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Which are the nine, these nine manifestation gifts that, that Aaron read. And there's, if, if we jump up into verse six, can you read verse six? Yeah, I think you have the ESV right there. Yeah. Um, it says a very key word that I want to highlight when it comes to the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And there are varieties of activities but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Yeah. So what I, what I want to highlight is that word activities, right? So like Aaron said, when Jesus ascended, he said, I'm going to send the Holy spirit. He said, go and make disciples. But before you do that, what do you say? Go and wait. Right. For the Holy Spirit to be poured out because you need my spirit. Mm-hmm. You need the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit to, to pull this off what I'm asking you to do. But when those are when that's given. So when when the Holy Spirit's given, we then have to be active 
And as we're actively doing what Jesus told us to do, we're going to see those gifts manifest. So I've met people, maybe you have as well. They're like, I am, I'm, I have the gift of discerning of spirits. Mm -hmm. That's like the most famous one to say that I possess this great power. Or maybe it's, um, I have the, I have the gift of healing. Like this is my gift that I possess. And I would say, yeah, you do, but actually you have the greatest gift, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when you are active, then you're going to have one of those manifestations, whatever one you need when you're actively out. So I'll give an example, and you guys can give some examples as well. Um, in terms of evangelism, mm-hmm. uh, just yesterday or a couple of days ago, we were in the Walmart parking lot. I see a, a truck, uh, two uh, middle-aged ladies getting in the truck. I grabbed one of our people. I just felt like I had a word for them. So we ran over Francesca and I, and we began to share. Um, and as we're in the act of walking towards them, I get two words of knowledge, right? One of the manifestation gifts. So the Holy Spirit's like, he's being active. He's going to try to make disciples. He's doing what I told him to do. When I stepped up, hey, can we pray for you? No. Like, we're good. It's all good. I said, well, one last thing. Do you have trouble with your lower back? Like her eyes were like wide open. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but you struggle with like migraine headaches. It was like she took a step back. Right. And then, and then we had this beautiful time of ministry. It was awesome what God did, but it was because I was being active. So uh, Reinhard Bonnke, who's now with the Lord, um, he says, if you have a track athlete that's sitting at your, your dining room table eating dinner, you don't necessarily see his power. You may see the potential of, of but when but if you take him out on the street and you say run, you're going to see the power that's in that athlete. So for us, we, we need to begin to be active. And then all of a sudden, these different gifts that are already in us by the Holy Spirit will begin to move through us right. and manifest. So I think a good question then would be what you're saying. There's a theology, right, that's been brewing that it's not for now you see it all the time that it is being manifest now, you know, and, and, and half the church knows it is half the church is arguing it isn't. But I think one of the, a a better central question is from, from God's perspective, he said, wait until you receive power. So it's so you can pull it off. So why, why is power being manifested so important in the work of ministry? Like what does it change versus just trying to explain the gospel versus experiencing the manifestation of the supernatural power of God in the, in the midst of ministry? You want to go? Go ahead. You got something good to say. No, it's okay. I can (laughs) see you going for it. Welcome welcome to our table, (laughs) our podcast family out there. You know, it's, it's show and tell. Right. When we go to India or Pakistan, different places, and you say, hey, we've got this, this gospel, this, this story. They're like, yeah, we have ours too. (laughs) Right. And, and at the end of the day, you know, what, which one's backed with power? And I would even say, which one's backed with more power? 
Good point. Because there's some false religions out there that have a demonic manifestation of, of you right. So for me, when I look at the book of Acts, it was show and tell mm-hmm. or tell and show. I mean, however you want to, however you want to, there's different stories and examples. And what that created in the believer. So I think about Peter and John, Acts chapter three, walking up to the gate called beautiful. What do we see there? We see the gift of faith in operation. We see the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, right? These, mm-hmm. these different, oftentimes it's not just like one manifest. You see the kingdom come and three or four of these things would manifest. And then when they get with, you know, they, this miracle happens, the people are amazed, right? Then they begin to face persecution, Acts 4 and 5, right? And, and they say, right, because of what we have seen and because of what we have heard, you decide we're going to serve God. So when, when God's kingdom manifests, it in essence proves that this message is the true message. And there's so many times that I will um, share the gospel with somebody and they'll actually maybe even pray a prayer to begin a relationship with Jesus. And then I'll get a word of knowledge and a miracle will happen. And I'll say, see, that was the Lord telling you that this was real. So it's the kingdom of God is meant to be seen and heard it's show and tell, and we're revealing to the world that we're a part of a real kingdom, mm. not just a theoretical one, theoretical yeah. one with, <clears throat> with theory, but much of the church today just has a theory. Mm-hmm. And I would say our, our pastor, Pastor Landon at Mercy Culture would say that the Holy Spirit is the least welcome person in church today. When you talk about people removing the Holy spirit or the power of God. I always go back to first Corinthians chapter two, where it says for our resolve to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. And then verse four, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. So you take out power. You've just got wise and persuasive. You got an argument, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power. So when we talk about evangelism, we talk about the church's role. We can stand up there and be very intellectual. I don't know about you, but I've never been changed by an intellectual argument in my life. I can be convinced of something. I can be unconvinced of something. But the power of God, the manifestation of the spirit of God through somebody's, somebody's life or in a corporate environment will change somebody forever. So as, as a church or as believers, our job should not be to find a great intellectual ar- argument to disprove a Muslim or a Mormon or an atheist or an unbeliever. It's the spirit of God. It's the power of God made manifest through somebody's life. That's our aim. So to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to grow right. in the power and the workings of God should not be in disdain to be like, oh, why do I need that? Here's Paul saying, I'm not going for the argument. I'm going to walk in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. There was a day a couple of years ago now where Aaron and I were in Baghdad, Iraq together with our missionary hero. <laughs> He's just an incredible guy. A supernatural door opened to get into a mosque. And, uh, you know, we I'll never forget that day. We, we pull up to the mosque and... 
And I'm like looking at Aaron and he's looking Black at me. Black flags all around. Yeah, and there's a reason why he sent him out two by two because <laughs> I wouldn't do it alone, but I'd do it with him. <laughs> and we were ultimately following David. But got out, I felt the literal presence of God wrap around me, like the, like the comforter come. Anyway, we go in and we knew that we were going to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew the power of God would come. And we knew that miracles would be worked because when you share the gospel in its authenticity, uh, God's going to move in, in environments like this. So we're driving in. I got a couple words of knowledge. So I, I, I said, Hey David, this is what I'm, what I'm hearing. He's like, let's start with that. So we're in this room, I don't know, 300 plus, you know, Muslims in a mosque. And I call out this word of knowledge and two, three rows back, this lady stands up. Uh, that the word of knowledge matched. And like in those moments, the gift of faith just comes on you. Uh, Well, you're going to be healed in Jesus name. She actually collapsed. And I can remember it like yesterday. There was a collective gasp. (gasps) I don't know if you remember. It was like, what just happened? She stood up completely healed. Right. So then when David David was the one that shared the gospel that day. I think he was the most qualified. <laughs> I just got to be a little part of the program. Um, you know, then what was crazy was the men in the back that were kind of stirring up trouble, all of a sudden their hands caught on fire. And they were mocking us. And then all of a sudden it turned to uh, the, the guy that brought us in saying, no, that's the Holy Spirit. And Muslim men begin to pray, lay hands on people and miracles begin to break out. Well, when the gospel message was presented, a lot of people responded. Now we can't do the follow-up on that exactly. It's a little bit difficult Mm -hmm. in that environment, but a lot of people responded and said, yeah, I want to give my, my life to Jesus. There's no way I go into a mosque to preach the message of Jesus without the power of God. There you go. Yeah. So give me your argument all you want and then stay safe inside your local church because you're too scared because you have no power. So we have the power. Thus we have the authority to go expand the kingdom of God. Take away the power. I'm going to hide inside my church. Right. And how many missionaries have we heard of that had a theology against it? Right. And then they go on the mission field and they realize a week in when a demonic spirits manifesting, I need power. Yeah. And they all become closet charismatics when they come home. Yeah. <laughs> they remove the power of God. And this is why the church is dead and dormant. Yeah. This is why they hide scared and fearful. This is why the world can go crazy. And the church is like, oh, what do we do? But when you realize you have the power of the Holy Spirit and you walk in the gifts, you see darkness manifesting around you in culture. And you're like, hold up a minute. I'm not going to tolerate that. I'm going to speak out against it because I'm filled in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It emboldens you. Okay. So, so practically, you know, people are listening to this. Well, well, how do I, I, okay. I believe in this. Uh, Maybe I go to a church, most churches, even certain denominations right now are saying, okay, it can't happen. Yeah. Like there's, it's becoming fewer that are saying that it can't. It's more the exception. Yeah. That was the exception, but it's yeah. not normal. So it's going from cessationist to sort of cessationist. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of, as long as I'm not, as long as I'm not the one doing it. Right. <laughs> so practically how you grow in this is you, you get around people that are operating in it. Mm-hmm. 
And it it doesn't need to be Bill Johnson, I think, is one of the best examples of this yeah. and, and really led us. If I want to see something in my life, I'm going to go and be around people that are in this. I'm going to go wherever I need to go. And so I've had individuals that have come here to Texas for a few days and they go from, wow, I mean, I believed in this to I've seen it now manifest and now they're walking in it Mm -hmm. in just a few days. You know, we don't want to become a conference junkie you know, Christian that's jumping from conference to conference, but there's some things that when you get hungry enough, you're going to go and find a place and a people that are operating in it, get around it and say, Hey, will you show me the, for, for these gifts, it's you learn as you do it. So for instance, if, if I was a, a journeyman construction guy, and, and you've gone to construction school for a year, but it's all pen and paper and computers for you, and you've never handled the tool, well, you're going to come and you're going to work under me and work beside me. So I would say find people in your area, in your region that are healthy. Go back and listen to some of our podcasts. You'll know what healthy people are. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. And get around them and say, teach me and show me. Because this is something that needs to be activated. Because the church right now has a lot of teaching and it lacks in a lot of activation. So there's a ministry called City Quake, um, led by Tom Rotolo. Find a City Quake. Go to a City Quake for four and a half days and be activated in these things. Because it will really, it it will change um, how you how you do it because you see it and then you go, Oh, that's easy. I can step in that. And then there's many other resources out there that people can get a hold of books. People can read to really begin to grow in this area. Yeah. And I think one of the big questions that people would have is do I get one gift or do I have access to all the gifts? Mm -hmm. Like am I limited to just whatever the Holy spirit chose for me? And I would just go back to first Corinthians 12 verse 31 where it says now eagerly desire the greater gifts. So we are in a constant state of asking the Holy Spirit to fill us with the gift of wisdom, to fill me with the gift of knowledge, right? The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. So if people are saying, well, how do I receive these gifts? You ask, and then you grow in them. Think of it like a basketball player. When you're, let's say somebody is like, take LeBron James or Michael Jordan. When they're a young kid, they're not good enough to play against an NBA player. But as they grow in that gift, as they practice, they steward the gift that they have been given, right? They Mm -hmm. become excellent in their gift. So oftentimes we're like, well, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not elite and we'll put it to work. Just as you were saying, it's an activity. You need to put it to practice. And as you do it, you will grow. I think also sometimes we look at all these things. And we're like, well, this is just so I can do things for God. The Bible says that ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So wisdom is a spirit. Ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's the Holy spirit of God. Why? Not so I may know what to do. A lot of times we're like, well, I need these gifts so that I can do all these things. The purpose, the primary purpose of these gifts is ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So you may know him better. Yeah. Right. The, the goal of these gifts is not so you can do great wonders, right? Many will stand before Jesus at the end of the time. I've done great wonders for God. 
They'll prophesy. They'll do these gifts, do miracles. And he'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you, you practices of lawlessness. These gifts are not meant to just do things. That is an end result. But the primary purpose is so you know God better. You grow in relationship with the Lord. I know for myself, these gifts, I walk desiring to walk in these gifts every single day. And practically, I think sometimes we look at these and we're like, this is just for when I'm out in evangelism or when I'm doing ministry. But I, I practice these gifts all the time in business. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I utilize the gift of wisdom in business. I, I have an investment firm and every day we're trying to figure out what do we invest in? What stocks or mutual funds or what private equity funds do we invest in? I need the gift of knowledge and discernment to know. I need the gift of faith to take risks. Yeah. And there's been many times where I'm sitting there and I'm saying, God, I could go left, right, forward, backwards. I've got 15 options in front of me. Lord, I need wisdom today. And all of a sudden the gift of wisdom is activated and I see a clear direction from the Lord and I walk in that and it's fruitful. I'll give you a practical example. Last year, the stock market struggled severely. Yet for many of our, most of our clients, they performed positively. And it was a great influential year for our firm as we grew and lots of referrals because we walked in that gift of wisdom. So in my mind, I'm thinking I should be performing the best in our industry compared to every other Mm -hmm. secular firm out there because I'm partnering with the Lord and I have the gift of wisdom. I'm using this even when I'm meeting with clients. Clients come in, I have the gift of prophecy and I have the gift of wisdom for them. They're sick. I activate that gift of healing in the middle of a meeting. We pray for God to heal them. God gives me a gift or a word of prophecy. I begin to speak to them in the gift of prophecy. So I think sometimes we're like, well, what gift is it for today? It's every moment. It's like I'm building a house or think of it like you're raising children. Now, we're not in the conversation right now of trying to decide whether spanking is in the Bible or it's not, but spanking is in the the Bible. Bible. (laughs) Um, And so as a parent, as a parent, I just got censored. Yeah. uh, Somebody got delivered. As a parent, I have a tool belt to build the house called my child. I'm stewarding my child. I would be foolish to look at spanking and say, "Ah, I'm not going to use. That's like trying to build a house without a hammer. Yeah. Could you do it? Probably. Will it be very, very more, much more difficult? Absolutely. So as a parent, I've got all these tools and I could use them at all different times. Even in one situation, I can use multiple tools. One of those tools looked like a gun. That wasn't a gun, was it? No, it wasn't a gun. It was, that was a, that was a tool. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But same as a believer in every situation, I've got multiple tools. So Chris described a testimony earlier where he used the gift of prophecy, mm-hmm. the gift of wisdom. Like he's utilizing the same moment. He's in the same moment, multiple tools, multiple gifts of the Holy Spirit in every decision making process throughout your life. You should be utilizing a bunch of tools right. in every decision that you're going through, especially as a, as a parent or as a spouse, mm-hmm. as a business owner, as a believer. So to take a couple of these tools and because you've had a bad experience, letting that define your theology and hiding them away, creating a poor theology out of first Corinthians chapter 13 and saying those gifts aren't for today. Essentially what you're doing is you're locking up the Holy spirit and saying, I only want you to, in my context of what I can tolerate, what I, what is palatable to me yeah. rather than realizing that the Holy spirit wants to come inside of you, fill you with every single one of these gifts. Have you grow in the ability of those of operating in those gifts? And that's how darkness is destroyed. Not through persuasive words, yeah, but through the demonstration of power from the Holy spirit. Yeah. Right. I think one really good way to close this is I was just thinking as Aaron's talking, 
to encourage some people in Acts 2, right? After the Holy Spirit's poured out, the right, the the church is birthed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the church is birthed with a with a outpouring of the Holy Spirit and people speaking in tongues. Yeah, we want to plant churches and leave that out. Right. Yeah. That was free. <laughs> okay. So you know what I find really interesting is a lot of the churches that are sort of cessationists, like they believe it kind of can happen sometimes. One of the strongest arguments I hear is it happens. We hear it happen on the mission field, but not around here. Right. But to <laughs> point out something really interesting, if you're not seeing it there, but you believe it happens on the mission field, it means you're not. You're not actually on mission. If you can acknowledge that if someone really needs it, it might happen then you're probably not in a situation where you really, need, you it. really need it. <laughs> Which it's means either you're creating a, 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 a Christian bubble where you only surround yourself with people who essentially say or you assume they need nothing. And it actually validates your cessationist belief. Let's just be honest. When you hide in the four walls of your church, you in your mind, you've made a theology where you don't need those things. I know. Right. Because you're protected. You actually don't need God. But our ministry is the ministry. Of, I was having a moment of awe wonder. But we know this. There's churches that are built not on God. Yeah. That was funny. We're having fun. I'll, 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 I got a good scripture. Okay. You know, actually, I was, I was sharing. Close, close with yours, and then I'll close with mine. So we're going to have a double close? <laughs> double close. This is what pastors do, preachers do. Like, hey, right. I, I just wanted to close. Brace yourselves in whatever vehicle you're in. There's a double close coming. All right. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit. So I think about Caden, right? He got to spend some time with Caden Mm -hmm. yesterday. When he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'll do a whole podcast on baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, he he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues, and instantly went into a vision where he saw the Lord, and he saw a narrow road with darkness on either side, and it's powerful, right? And and he's now nine or ten months into serving the Lord because I was spirit-led. I, I came in, right? So there's fruit in this. We're actually seeing this right. happen. And there's so many people that are not seeing that and encountering that, and they can if they just make a subtle shift and believe. It doesn't say in the middle days, <laughs> I'll pour out my spirit, like it happened for... Or for a sh- sort of in the last days, and we are still in the last days because he hasn't returned yet. So that was the first land. Here comes the second. No, that, I think we should land. That was a great. That was a great. Conclusion. Really? That was so good. I wanted to. <laughs> we'll end there. That was a great period. Maybe even an exclamation point to what we were saying. Well, I actually in the last feel days. really good about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's sum it up. Just I mean, we covered a lot of topics, but basically. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were poured out in Acts. And and Peter himself confirmed, hey, this is for the last days without a period end point on it. And you had mentioned at the beginning, 
you know, this is supposed to continue until the return of Jesus, that that's the point when it's no longer necessary. Right. If you're not experiencing it, first off, are you doing the activity where you need him, where the activities you're doing are impossible? Well, let's just be honest. If you're breathing, you need him. I agree. I agree. You need him. (laughs) But the, the, the warning then is to not... To not create a bubble and then justify your already existing belief based on the safety of the bubble you're already living in, but instead step out in faith to places that are dangerous without him. And very quickly you'll realize that power is the only thing that actually punches through. Power is the only thing that proves the authority of the kingdom and the validity of the gospel that you're preaching. And if you see that, that people are going to actually come in to an encounter with God, not just a rational argument. Yeah, we're we're in a spiritual battle, right? I mean, if you think that if you think we're sitting on the beach drinking mai tais right now, then yeah, you you don't you don't need any of these things. Just sit back. I mean, that's heaven to you, right? And so I don't know how you can go into battle, spiritual battle and think you can make it without the Holy Spirit. The, You'll yeah. fail. Fail miserably. And we got a lot of people dying on the battlefield of life because they're not walking with the Holy Spirit. They're doing it in their own strength. Mm -hmm. This is a recognition that in my weakness, he is made strong. I need him. I need the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not just to survive, but to be in victory. That's right. There's no way I'm going to look at the devil and have victory. There's no way David, I'm going to mimic David and run towards the giant and defeat the giant in my life or in this culture or society without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's fu- It's stupid. Yeah. So this is why we have a lot of churches dying today, a lot of believers walking away from their faith because we're teaching a gospel that's void of power, that's void of the Holy Spirit, and we're like, figure it out. I hope you survive. They, and they won't. How will you survive without wisdom? How will you survive without miraculous? How will you survive without the Holy Spirit empowering you and giving you knowledge for today, understanding the Word of God? So it's it's really sad that we've created a culture in the Western church where it's like, hey, you can do this without the Holy Spirit. Thus, we have a lot of people falling away. That's right. That's so right. in an attempt to not make you feel uncomfortable, in an attempt to make this palatable and tolerable for you to receive, we remove the one thing that you need. And we say, we hope you lived it. We hope you can live righteously. Well, it's no wonder we have churches accepting in sin into their church because they don't have... They don't have a spirit of wisdom, mm-hmm. right. a spirit of knowledge. They don't have a discerning of spirits. Yeah. So then a church says, oh, we can we can accept homosexuality. We can accept abortion. Yeah, because you can't discern you can't between discern. spirits. That's right. Yep. So if somebody's hungry to actually walk in this, they haven't ask, experienced ask it. Ask the Lord. Ask. Go into ask. your daily encounters every day and say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? But you can't both resist him and ask at the same time. No, that's why it's you must die. That's why if you want to be a disciple of Jesus... Pick up your cross daily, you deny yourself, and you ask for the Holy Spirit to fill, fill you as you follow him. You won't be able to follow him well, or at all, without the Holy Spirit. 